Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lost Talk Radio. We ain't nothing but some true John G. We ain't nothing but some G's. G's on the podcast. It's different, seven, swing and three. Swing and three, gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Outsiders Boxing Podcast, coming to you live, 7 o'clock Pacific time, October 23rd, what's going on, how is everybody? Coming to you from Monday, which me and Willis spoke on last show, which Sunday being our day, in which we share with Oh, Jesus Christ, on Sunday, along with football, in which I've been getting my ass kicked on fantasy football this week with T.Y. Hilton not showing up, so forth and so forth. Losing to a woman, of all people, losing to a woman. Want to know the team's name that I'm losing to? Team Boo Boo Kitty. You can imagine what kind of a mood I'm in starting the season 5-1 and one with juggernauts like Stephon Diggs, Zach Ertz, Tom Brady, Devontae Adams, Alshon Jeffrey, who's been a complete bust, Denver Bronco defense, who all of a sudden can't show up, flex receivers like Deshaun Jackson, well, we don't know what the fuck Jameis Winston's doing. Playing like shit. Can't say that I'm surprised him being a Seminole and all. Tampa Bay Buccaneers got problems. Fantasy football owners out there with Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans. Steal your pain. Mike Gillisley. A guy who I felt like a genius for getting with three touchdowns in the first week of the regular season, followed up by another one, and now he's complete dog shit. Microwave dog shit. Thank God I got Melvin Gordon. I'll tell you that much, even though he stunk it up yesterday too. But I digress. One of those weeks. Where a whole lot of wrong went wrong. Yeah. And I understand that the people at Blog Talk Radio would want us to have our show dropped regularly scheduled every week on a Sunday, but fuck them. 
All they're doing is taking money from us anyways. You see, starting our own brand with the Willa and Wilson Outsiders Boxing Podcast, you don't get to move around until you move a couple shirts around here and get a couple thumbs up on YouTube. Shit, maybe me and Willa should just run up like some paparazzi with cameras out, sounding like a fucking nerd, saying reporting, and ask some bullshit questions that nobody wants to hear. It's that motherfucker Ellie Setchback. Yeah, that dork. I bet you he can tell you each one of the Garcia's jockstrap just for smelling them while being blindfolded. Each one of them, including the dad. What a joke. What a fucking joke. Yet again, I digress, as I said once before. It's Monday. You already know Mondays. We don't work on Mondays. We show up to work and get some coffee, walk around, see what we got to do throughout the week, and we get started on Tuesday. So everybody out there, shit, you might be at work right now, working the night shift, whenever this show drops about an hour from now. Kick back. Relax. Take a deep breath, as I needed to. And if your boss tells you anything and gives you some shit about not putting in a full day effort with a whole lot of bullshit labor that goes involved with a bunch of pennies that follow behind on some low-budget-ass job that gets you more of the juice squeezed from the lemon than you actually get from the entire product. Tell them that RC said it's cool. We get a chill today. And we'll figure out what we got to do throughout the rest of the week tomorrow. Tell them I said that. But anyways, we had some boxing this week, believe it or not. Good boxing. I was surprised at some of these fights that ended up being really entertaining. One fight I wasn't surprised about was Demetrius Andre, Andrade. You see, they call him Andre. I call him Andrade. I don't know. Is that the fucking Spanish in me or not? I don't know. Boo put on a hell of a show. Corrales and Machado put on a hell of a show. Gabe Rosado put on a hell of a show. We got a whole bunch of bullshit going on. But the Calvin Klein English muffin-eating sucker in which one Anthony Joshua sounding like he don't want to have a 50-50 fight with the WBC heavyweight champion Deontay Wilder who's trying to make big fights but still gets a whole lot of shit thrown his way. And I've thrown sticks and stones at the same time, so I'm not no fucking blue collar. Uh, I don't wear a white cap, folks. I don't. I've thrown my shots here and there. It's what we do around here. Everybody is fair game. We take shots at everybody. There ain't no... Ass kissing, if I see any of these fighters. When I was in Las Vegas, I seen Sean Porter and Kenny Porter. Much respect to what they've done in the sport. Nothing against them. I don't like Sean Porter's style. I've been on record saying it multiple times. You see me running up like some of those clowns at the boxing voice, kissing his ass whenever they see him. He ain't kissing babies and shaking hands. He's trying to get through the fucking crowd so he can get to where he's got to go at T-Mobile Arena. 
I can bet you one thing, you won't have RC going over there talking about nice suit. I like the pants. I like the shoes. I bet you don't got a back pocket for some weird reason. Maybe you should cut your hair. I don't know. Marshawn Porter. Because he fights like a running back. And Marshawn Lynch. (laughs) But you know what, folks? As you can see, I'm in one of those moods. Well, I think that it was something I never expected, but I always expected from a former show we used to work around. And I just realized that hosting a boxing show is, is very difficult. When I was handed the reins many moons ago, if I could be afforded a, a moment of your time to tell a story, I told myself I wasn't ready. With all the intricacies and all that stuff that goes into boxing, the ins and outs, going throughout the snake pit, and the logistics of it all, numbers, promoters, I felt like it was a little too much for young RC at that time. But now that we got this Outsiders Boxing Podcast, which is going to be breathing down the necks of everybody in the boxing podcasting world, Remember, we are coming through this motherfucker like DX was going to WCW when they shut the doors down because they prayed. Now that we got a little bit more freedom to speak on what we want to speak on, and you know I got a whole lot to say about a whole lot of everything, I feel like things have been cut, ropes have been loosened, chains have been unhitched. And one of those days, where I feel like we're going to go off the hook, shooting from the hip. We don't really need no notes because we know what we're, we're going to discuss upon anyways. We know what we've seen as far as holes in somebody's game or officiating and all that to where we could just point it out off top. But we're going to get there. It's just one of those days, folks. It's Monday. So let's get to my man. I know Will is, uh, he is the, uh, he is the friendly of our two. Good man. Uh, great family, man. I get inspired by watching my man, Will. I want to grow up to be just like him one day and have a family and, you know, take my kid to watch wrestling. I love me some wrestling. Let me tell you. I got WWE Monday Night Raw recorded on the DVR right now just for Alexa Bliss. You don't know who she is. Then, well, we can't be friends. However, speaking from the Central California San Joaquin Valley District, I want to take it to my man from out in God's country in Houston, Texas. My man, D. Willow Wilson, a.k.a. Willow the King. You know what it is. Willow, what's going down, my man? Man, hey, hey, everybody, hey, I thought, hey, I thought that was just going to keep on going and going. RC, I want you to do me a favor tonight. I want you to look at the, the great host because you're, you're modeling your game after a guy. I think, you know, he might have took you under the wing and molded you into this wrong thing. I want you to go. I want you to look at Johnny Carson. I want you to look at Jay Leno. I want you to look at Arsenio Hall. I want you to look at all those guys. They're going to come in, 
the first thing they're going to do is what, R.C.? Introduce the people. Introduce their co-host. Introduce their guy. Ed McMahon didn't have to wait 15 minutes to get introduced. I'm feeling slighted today, uh, if you wow. haven't noticed. Uh, R.C. coming in with this long-ass thing, telling us, fuck blog talk radio, because we don't want to be on a schedule. No, R.C., we need to be on a schedule for our listeners so they know when to tune in, so they can tune in every at the, at that time, every time. I know how it is to have to li- be listening to a podcast and these motherfuckers don't put it out like they're supposed to put it out. You're like, what the fuck? These boys coming out, hey, they say Sunday. I have my Sunday. I'm going to put that in so I can get it in, you know. I think if we do it on a schedule, we can get more participation instead of listening. Listens is good, but we also need that participation because that just makes the show pop. But with that being said, you know, you were you were under of the, under the wing, you know, of a, a of a tyrant, a dictator, and you still got that in you. So we're we're gonna just grow together. But just know, hey, just watch with Johnny Carson. I think he's probably the best host of all times. Arsenio Hall. Watch what they do with their people. Then you get to then he gets to it, right? I think. I think that's how it goes. Ed McMahon announces him. He comes in. He lets Ed McMahon get some love. And then he does his thing. So uh, just a little schooling, you know. But not, you know, it, I, I understand what it is. You, we've, you've been under Hitler's reign for a long time, so you've got those Hitler ways. But it's all good, man. <laughs> boxing, pretty good weekend of boxing, RC, man. Uh, like you said, I had a good family week. Uh had the son's B-Day. Had the Rockets uh, home opener, uh, and I also, I also RC at this. You gonna bring it up? <laughs> go, go, Astro. Here come the Astros, burning with desire. Here come the Astros, breathing on a Hey, R.C., Astros, <laughs> about to whoop that, that California ass coming through. I know you're probably not a baseball guy. I haven't really seen it. But for some reason, I know all you guys are out there probably sucking the cocks of the L.A. Dodgers. You know, all you bandwagon L.A. fans, they're coming. I know they're out there. But I've been down with at the Astros since day one, since 1981, December 12th. Uh, December 11th, 1981 to be exact I've been an Astros fan For the second time these niggas Is going to the to the World Series And this time They're coming with a brown squad A squad of brown young bombers And guess what They're winning the chip With the help of the bandy man Verlander Justin Verlander <laughs> Who's knocking down Kate Upton Who I, I probably give a B B plus but for some reason, everybody loves her. It's probably the breath. Holla at the Astros, RC. We will be whooping that ass in six. Remember that. And there you have it. Willa always puts me in a better mood whenever I come in a little bit salty on a monologue, which I was trying to put out first and foremost before I got to my main guy and, and introduced you properly coming from Houston's own. And let me just say this real quick because – let me just say this real quick. I am not what people think of California folks by just going for the Dodgers. 
I am a baseball guy with that being fourth on my sports list. Uh, San Francisco Giants can't stand the Dodgers. So I will be Houston strong come this World Series, and I was ready to be pulling for the Yankees also. The Yankees, yeah. Anybody, anybody uh, 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 instead of the Dodgers. So I know we got a lot of fans uh, on the Facebook page that, you know, they ride on whoever's hot. I haven't seen some of these guys talking about the Raiders since they came out hot last year. I haven't seen some of these guys talking about the Dodgers because all they do is blow it when it comes into big games. Shout out to Clayton or Peyton Kershaw, I should say. Clayton Manning, however you would like to reiterate that both ways. But I will be, you know, that song was real funny. I actually never heard that song before. And it sounded like it just got me in a, a, a better mood. Because I just seen some Western cowboys doing a funny dance, riding some horses into town, looking for some hooker hoes and getting some drinks. So that was kind of funny. And um, yeah, the Houston Astros have been playing some really good baseball for the last two years. Never would have projected them to be in the World Series like they are right now. But they're a young, hungry team going against another team who got rid of a lot of old guys like Agon and some of these clowns that have been playing for the Dodgers. And now the the hey, Yasiel Puig shout out set this game up. Hey, speak hey, speaking of older, the shout out to my man Carl Crawford who's breaking the bank. And just probably about to get this, uh, <laughs> this, uh he's, he's in the World Series for the first time, and he's uh you know just sitting out. That's one of the that's one of my uh, homies from my uh, old school baseball. So shout out to that boy Carl Crawford, man. Hey, let's talk some boxing, RC, before we run out of time. Yeah, let's do it, man. We're going to be a little bit long-winded today, so I hope we have a good amount of time to talk about all this shit. But nonetheless, let's get to it. That's what we're here for. That's what the people are here for. So let's get to it. Um, We had a good night of fighting on HBO this weekend. Really good fight. Uh, One I was really impressed with was Demetrius Andrade. Andre, Andre, Andrade, however you want to call it. Andrade, Uh, I think he's a... uh... His name is Andrade. They call him Andre, right? He's one of those. Yeah, uh, they do that. I think he's a self, self, uh, self-hating Haitian, uh, first generation or second generation Haitian guy. Um, for some reason, I want to say Haitian. Uh, I'm, I need to look it up, but I know his parents aren't American. His real, his last name is Andrade. Uh, but to conform to the man. Uh, like Kuta Kente was unwilling to do, he went ahead and said his name is Andre, but that's not his name. I'm pretty sure. Nah, fuck no, that ain't that. his name. I think it was Andrade. Yeah. But you know, nonetheless, the man was good. able to get a fight. Was able to get a fight moving up to 160 uh, against Alantes Fox, a guy who's listed at six foot five, but didn't really look six foot five. When you've seen the weigh-in, you've seen the face-off and all that good stuff. Um, a really stiff customer when it came time to get in the ring. You know, sometimes you can get these big fighters who you would think they're bigger than these guys. 6'5", he's got the longer wingspan. All this stuff, especially with, with, with Alantis Fox coming in on fight night weighing 180 pounds. Dude was, uh, had a really big size on him. And you think that the bigger guys come, it's going to be easier work. But I, I I come from the branch of, you know, come one, come all, come small, come tall. 
the bigger they are, the harder they fall, regardless. When Demetrius Andrade got in there, the first thing that stood out to me was a talent gap. There was a big talent gap from both fighters, and, it's, it, 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 and Alantis Fox got his bell rung real quick in that first round. I thought Andrade was going to get him out of there, but, you know, stayed cool, didn't get too reckless, let his hands go, realized he had a chance to get the knockout, but wasn't going to go for the gusto trying to get it. Much respect to him. He's a, a, a well-trained um, 29-year-old veteran. 29 years old, um, the time needs to get going now for him to get these big fights. And now that he's at 160, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him to get some really good fights with the whole drama we got going on with the Charlos coming up, or big Charlo, male Charlo coming up, uh, or is it Maul? I think Maul's the big Charlo. Um, and uh, you got, yes, you know, the whole bullshit. Yeah, Maul is the big Charlo. Excuse me, folks. I know what I'm talking about sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but anyways, you got the big you got the big Charlo Maul. You got Golovkin Canelo, which I think that they probably should just keep fighting each other unless these young hogs beat each other up because I don't think Canelo or Golovkin want any of these problems right now. Uh but we'll see how this whole thing goes. But I tell you what, man, Demetrius Andrade looked really, really good in this last fight. Um, you know, but uh, hats off to Alantis Fox because, you know, he came in um, not with a killer reputation, having 11 knockouts, but he did have 23 victories under his belt, one draw. Uh, you knew that he was a uh, well-rounded opposition as far as record-wise comes in. And, you know, uh, when a guy is that big, you just know that he's going to be able to withstand a lot of shots from somebody who's weighing 13 pounds lighter than him on fight night, let alone the size disparity when it comes to height. Uh, but hats off to Alantis Fox because I didn't think that he was going to go the distance. And uh, it, it speaks high volume to his, his mannerism, his toughness, his heart, uh, because he was really outclassing there. He was in the, in the ring with a fighter he really didn't belong in there with. And I think that he learned more in that one fight than he did in his previous 23 bouts, uh, or 24 bouts, actually, uh, counting the draw. Uh, you know, the guy was tough. I don't necessarily like fighters who are trained by their father, but uh, I think that his father um, was honest with him enough during the fight to let him know after the first two rounds that he wasn't winning, but at the same time, he said that Alantis Fox gave those two, the first two rounds away, and which really, uh, Andrade took those first two rounds, so uh, when it comes to having fathers in the corner, they're not going to give you the, the most uplifting advice at times, obviously, because of the upbringing and all that good stuff. But I just think that sometimes when it comes to a father trainer in the corner, they kind of sugarcoat some bullshit and see things their own way, similar to the, the fact that I'm sure that a lot of Tim Bradley fans, uh, when it comes to close family and all that stuff, thought that he won the first fight against Manny Pacquiao. And, uh, um, you know, a lot of Joe Horn fans who thought that he won the fight against Manny Pacquiao, certain stuff like that. And I just think that when it comes to close relatives and all, they don't give you the whole story when you go back into that stool. Um, but nonetheless, Demetrius Andrade looked really nice in there. He looked like he was ready to take care of business, but he wasn't going to let himself be open for any kind of counter shots and to be taken advantage of by falling asleep at certain times. He looked like a really good customer and looks like he's going to be one of the guys that's pushing for the top two contentions at either or Golovkin or Canelo or Maul. 
Come on, Charlo. And, um, hey, we'll see how it goes. I, I like how things are cooking up at 160. What do you think about the fight, Willa? Thinking, thinking, thinking. I know you thought it was a good fight. I thought it was a really good fight. Yeah, I, I was, uh, yeah I, man, my bad. Like, Andrade <laughs> making his, his middleweight, middleweight debut. Um, he looked good in there against the guy. You uh, said, I think he was supposed to be, what did you say, 6'4". He looked like he was a taller, bigger guy in there. In the, uh, I didn't see the weigh-in, but in the ring, he looked like he was a taller guy. Um, they said he was 6'5", but he didn't really look like that much taller, you know? I mean, he looked taller, obviously, but not 6'5". I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, six five. I mean, I don't know. These are just regular sized guys, so he might he was taller than a regular sized guy, so that's probably six four, six five, or you know, they probably embellished it a little bit. But he looked like he was the bigger guy. Looked like he was all right. Um Andrade who I don't know, who hasn't really proved himself and this still didn't really prove anything. But he looked good and uh hopefully he'll get he'll get some fights coming up in this middleweight division. Um I think yeah, he looked good. I mean, it was a good showcase fight. Uh, I thought he was going to get the knockout. Um, I was looking at it. Uh, I didn't have any sound or anything, so I was just watching it. Um, so I thought he was going to get the knockout early. Uh, he did get knocked down. I don't think it was, uh, le- you know, legit. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it was a showcase. He did what he was supposed to do. I can't get mad at that. But he was showcasing. He hasn't done anything. So, that didn't prove anything to me. Like I said, maybe he'll uh, now he'll get to fight uh, Jamal Charlo. Um, but I, you know, I think he's. I don't know if he's that good. So I still haven't seen if he's that good, and that didn't prove anything to me either. Except that he's not knocking boys out at one sixty. Charlo gets that guy out of there. Even probably the young Charlo gets that guy out of there. So I mean, the not young, the small Charlo. So you know. I don't know. Um, you know, it is what it is. Good showcase fight. He showcased yeah, his skills, sure. but, you know, no knockout. No, uh, wasn't anything too special. Right on, right on. I, I just want to uh, say this real real quick because how you were talking about, you know, it's for the listeners and all that. Like, that's why we want to show up on Sundays and all that good stuff. But your mic is kind of being a little crispy right now, my man. I don't know if you want to unplug that, put it back in. I uh, took my mic out and checked on the speaker just to make sure if it was not my line, and it sounded like it was still going on throughout. So just make sure you want to check get that checked out a little bit. I don't know what the hell's going on. You know, some, but I'm not a tech guy, so uh, I'm the, obviously the wrong person to ask about how you would fix certain shit like this. So, uh, but yo, it is what it is. Um, talent gap leading to Demetrius Andre getting the unanimous decision. However, at 160 at his middleweight debut. You know, it's been a while since he's able to get some fights. He said that he's had promotional issues, and we hear that a lot, and it's not something to be taken lightly because, you know, we see it with certain guys like Mikey Garcia and, and, and Andre Ward and so forth and so on. Uh, you know, shit like that happens in this sport. Um, you know, there's reports out there that want to kind of throw some shade at a guy like Errol Spence saying that he turned down a fight with Cotto, and it's like, why would he turn down a fight with Cotto? you would think that Errol Truth Spence would whoop his ass on his last fight and send him out old Yeller style, you know, if it was all a match made in heaven and all that. But you got Oscar De La Hoya who's trying the same shit with Mikey Garcia, trying to get him a fight, but he wants to get a multi-fight deal. 
So there's always the snakes going on in boxing, and Oscar De La Hoya is uh, well-known as far as being a scumbag snake, piece of trash, all that stuff combined in one, microwaved in there, and he's basically um, uh, uh, he, he's, he's everything he said he wouldn't be as a promoter. So fuck you, Oscar De La Hoya. You're the one who's making problems for guys in the sport that are trying to get fights happening, and we probably could have some good fights happening if it wasn't for him trying to do his best John Elway impression of getting whatever he can off the end of a deal. So I'm not surprised at stuff like this. And I think that Demetrius Andre Andrade uh, got his, his shot to uh, have a showcase, uh, finally getting himself a fight, and he looked well acclimated at 160. Was the power there? It was early, but he didn't let it go enough to where we can see what he has uh, in, in the full package. However, he is doing some nice body work. And, I mean, you know, the guy is just he, – he, he could squab. He puts it together like a pro. You've seen Alantis Fox trying to put combinations together, throwing off balance. When his shots were landed, there was no push off his back foot. And just by a talent gap, I mean what I see, and I see what I mean. And I think that this guy uh, is definitely a um, – he's not a bum. You know, I think he's a B player. Um, but when it came down to it, when he was in there with a guy uh, on a complete another planet from him, as far as boxing skills, uh, he found himself in some trouble. But he's a really good – so give him credit for that. He's got a lot of heart, and he uh, hung in there for the full 12, full credit given. Uh, and, and um, you know, tough customer. you you got to give guys like that uh, some respect. So uh, to be in there with a guy like Andrade and, uh, and to survive full 12, I tip my cap to the guy. Well, I mean, he's not – he's, he's, he's like you said, he's – he wasn't a bum out there, but you know I guess we'll tip the cap that he stayed in there with a B plus fighter for twelve. Um, he I don't <laughs> you know you know I hate to say but you know I don't I'm not looking forward to any of his fights. He didn't show me anything. Uh, like I said, I'm still looking forward to Andrade's fights because he showed me. Uh, I, I I see he's an up and comer, and uh, you know I want to see him fight, but you know I can't. You know, his promotion, that might be, you know, that is real. We've seen it happen before. But at the same time, you know, life goes on, time goes on. So you were forgot about, you haven't been doing nothing. Um, now it's your turn, you know. The, um, while the middleweights were getting it on, you weren't fighting. Now you're uh, not not the middleweights, the junior middleweights. While they were getting it on, uh, fighting each other, you weren't, you weren't a part of that. So, uh, you know. Hopefully he gets more fights as a middleweight, and we can see if he's the real deal. They say he is, uh, but we'll see. Only time will tell. 100%, 100%. That being the co-feature uh, to what the main event being led on by Israel Corrales and Alberto Machado, which is a fight that I think some of us expected it to be a blood-and-guts type of fight early, and uh, we weren't disappointed. It was a, 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 a nice bout that had both gentlemen getting dropped uh, on separate occasions. Um, you know, I really feel bad for this fight because, you know, Corrales was really dominating the early part of the fight. He was doing what he needed to do, and he was basically controlling the entire fight until he got himself caught in that eighth round. However, got to get to this, this issue at hand. Referee Mark Nelson... That guy is complete shit in shoes. That's what he is. You see him walking around, he's a big piece of shit with shoes on the bottom of him. This man stopped this fight early. 
My man was trying to catch his breath, getting the full eight count. I mean, we're not in the U.K. The man got up at nine and a quarter, but he still waved it off. And he ruined what could have been a, 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 a an amazing finish. With the way the fight was going, we might have had something epic lined up. But that got taken away by that scumbag Mark Nielsen. Nelson, uh, I don't give a fuck how he prefers it, Nielsen or Nelson. He's a scumbag who took away, he robbed the fans of an exciting ending just by him acting like he was doing his best referee job overseas in the United Kingdom because we all know referees are different different strokes for different folks whenever it's a, a, across the water in boats, man. If it's Russia, if he dies, he dies. If it's New York, if he's injured, stop the fight. But in the U.K., if he gets up very vanilla-like within the last eight to nine seconds of the fight, we've seen it with Charles Martin against Anthony Joshua uh, getting up, but they want to stop it. But then again, you got fights like Willie Monroe Jr. when he fought uh, Gennady Golovkin getting up or pretending to get up on the final count because he actually wanted it stopped. But the referee, Jack Reese, uh, letting it continue. So it's, uh, it really depends on what referee we got and what, where we're at for these fights. And I just felt really ashamed that the fight ended the way it did because uh, I thought that, you know, Corrales got up, he was taking his full eight and nine count and was going to get up in one second. There's, you don't need to, you know, do a backflip or, or anything like that or jump up like the Rockies doing WWE getting up off the ground within that one second. It's just one second. You know, one second's actually a lot of time when you think about it. And uh, for him to stop that fight and wave it off the way he did, I just felt like he robbed the people and he should not have got a paycheck for that particular night. Yeah, man, I, I actually, I saw the... I didn't really get to see that fight. I saw the knockout when it happened. Uh, boy caught him with that left, it looked like, dropped him. And it was close. It was real close. I think he got up at nine. He got up. He got it waved off. Um, looked like it was a good fight. You know, I, I really wasn't paying too much attention to this one. Uh, but it looked like it was a good fight. I did see But I did see the knockout. And it was it was close. You see, he was like, what the, you know, the guy Corrales was like, man, I got up. You know, and uh, he did get up. It was close, man. How do you I feel, feel about guys like that? Well, I, who take, I, I who take, who, how do you feel about guys like that who take the eight count and maybe, you know, get one more second and I'm going to get up at nine? Uh, I, or do you think that's some sort of mental weakness or you think it's smart strategy by a guy trying to I mean, every it is second that he can? Do, yeah, I think, I mean, it could be smart, but then again, it can't backfire. So you've got to probably do your research, you know. There's there is times where a guy tries to get up at nine and a half, and you're like, all right, he's just BSing. You know, there is times like that, but it looks like, you know, I'm looking at it again right now. It looks like at nine he gets up, you know, he's listening. He got shook. He was shook. He's sitting there. He's listening. He hears the nine and he gets up, and then and he gets up straight up. He doesn't really wobble. Too, you know, he doesn't wobble. And the guy waves it off, and he's like, what? You know, I'm up, you know. But he, he wasn't screaming and hollering like he was a rock. So, you know, I feel you. I think I'm going to go with you. I think that was a uh, that was a 
that was a messed up call though. He, he he pulled the trigger too fast on that, I believe. Um and it looked like, you know, from what I saw it was a pretty good fight, little small guys doing what little small guys do. And uh, you know, due to my family situation, I was just peeping that on the phone uh here and there. Oh no, it's all good, man. Nobody blaming you for that. I mean, you know, I caught it the next day, the next morning, actually, getting ready for, which I described earlier, my horrific fantasy football weekend, up bright and early, getting my coffee and donuts in and, and enjoying that fight for what it was worth. Um, not a fight that I was going to invite all the homies over and say, you know, this is a, a stat card. You guys got to watch this and all this other bullshit. Um, I just felt like it was, uh, you know, basically like how you said, little guys that were involved in a fight and, uh, they made the most of it. They definitely made the most of it. Um, but, but nonetheless, Mark Nelson. I hope hope not to see him in any big fights. Hopefully, he could stay doing these little guy stuff. But uh, I don't know if the guy. I didn't look into if he had any comments afterwards towards anybody in the press or making any statements involved in why he stopped the fight. Because sometimes uh, we want to quick to judge some of these referees who stop fights early and stuff like that. But those guys have the best seats in the house, and who knows if he's seen his his eyes behind the back of his head a little bit on his way up or if they were just a little bit cross-eyed and things like that. I'm I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt, but uh, from what I've seen, and I got 2022 vision, don't need to go to lens clafters. I felt like the man was good enough to get up and fight, and I think that he was taking all the time that was given necessary for him to get his wits back together and possibly start getting on his bicycle because he was uh, really hurt from that shot. I mean, whenever you go down and you, it looks like you're playing DB, trying to tackle a running back with his, from his legs, you know you took a big shot. And uh, I, I guarantee he wasn't feeling too hot after that shit neither. So, um, look, I called Mark Nelson a piece of shit with shoes on the bottom of him, and I stand by that. But if there was anything for him to come out and say, like, this guy wasn't responding accordingly, his eyes were somewhere else when I was looking at him, then I'll take it back. But up until then, I ain't taking shit back. I think he stopped it too soon. And at the same time, it's always give and take. It's always give and take. But from what I've seen, it was a really good fight that got stopped early. And I think that uh, I think that Corrales has a case to be made. So uh, uh, he'll definitely have to line up the next best opposition uh, if he can't get an immediate rematch and see where he could go from there as far as uh, redeeming himself in a fight to where I'm sure he felt like he had more left in the tank and he just got caught with a good shot. And, you know, shit like that happens. We see it happen all the time. Uh, I'm not going to blame anybody besides the referee for what had happened. I think that Corrales was taking his full time given. Um, You are correct, though. It can backfire when you take that much time off, but who knows where he was at. And uh, you never really want to give excuses to a gentleman, but at the same time, rules is rules. And if you get up at 9 before 10, you should be able to go. That's just me, though. No, I agree. I agree. Um, You know, the rep is there. Like I said, there are some situations where you see the guy like Charles Martin you know, I think he got up at the nine and a half. It was like nine. Then he tried to get up after, you know. This guy got up when he said <laughs> no hesitation. He got up at the nine, and it looked like he stood straight up. So, you know, it, uh, you know, maybe you got to do your research. 
maybe people should start doing that. Hey, what is the ref? How is the ref calling this? This last little thing, do I need to get up at 8? You know, do I need to be getting up when he's saying 9? Because he's, you know, maybe people need to look into that. But I feel you. Um, I, but I also agree with you that it was it was a bad stoppage. And, you know, homeboy had already knocked him down. So he should have, you know, should have gave him a little love. So, But, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, yeah. it can backfire. I ain't mad at Sometimes it. Sometimes it bees that way. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but uh, moving along, we had a fight earlier in the week with the guy that has been known to be a lovable loser at times, a guy who is known for being a great defensive fighter as far as blocking shots with his face. And I think we all know who I'm talking about with King, quote-unquote, Gabriel Rosado. Um, he was in a fight a 10-round bout with Glenn Tapia. Looks like he was trying to get himself picked up off the canvas of boxing's wasteland because he's been in a few fights recently, and it hasn't gone his way. So if this was college football, he's not ranked whatsoever, even though he gets a ranking in boxing. But, you know, he's taken so many L's, and his face has so much scar tissue that you kind of wonder how – this guy can fare in certain fights when it comes to fighting opposition with power. But um, maybe he was a little bit ahead of himself after this fight. I don't know. Because he's calling out some big names after he stopped this Glenn Tapia character in the sixth round. Uh, no problem there with that stoppage. Tapia looked like he was in bobblehead city. He probably seen about three Gabrizados, and he really looked like he was in a lot of trouble as soon as he got knocked down. And as soon as he got back up, he got put back down on that ass. And uh, I like to see Gabrizado have success in boxing because he's one of those guys who you're not going to catch him in a boring fight unless he's in there with somebody like Willie Monroe Jr., who's a boring fighter himself. Um uh, but other than that, Gab Rosado, uh, he really brings it. And at, at times, he's his own biggest enemy because he tries to please the crowd and he tries to have this similar war Cotto style for being Puerto Rican and being from Philadelphia, you know, the city of brotherly love. I'm sure those gyms over there um, molded him into the type of fighter that he's become to this day. But my man took some shots in his career and I'm not mad to see a guy getting a bone thrown his way every now and then because, you know, let's just be honest. If you put some money on Tapia, you probably would have won a big amount if he was going to win by only putting down, you know, a lump sum of $5. So, uh, but instead, his $5 ass got made some change. Uh, Six-round TKO, good stoppage, good win for Gabby Rosado. Did you end up seeing uh, any of that fight, Will? Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what was your question again? You were breaking up a little bit. The, uh, oh, the, uh, the Gab Rosado fight that had happened earlier in the week. I believe it was Thursday or Friday. Not 100% sure, but uh, Gab Rosado, who was in the fight with, uh, get this, Glenn Tapia. He was just a bone thrown his way yeah. after Gab Rosado had so much tough fights, but he ended up stopping him in the sixth round. 
No, no, no. I heard the breakdown. I just didn't hear your question. You were asking me if I watched Gabriel Rosado. Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. He was winding me up. <laughs> hey, I was trying to. Hey, hey, you know, Gabriel Rosado, all due respect. Hey, like you said, guys get my bone, get to do some work, get to make some money. I'm not mad at it. Uh, but come on now. Thursday, Friday, you know, I'm not watching Thursday, Friday boxing unless it's something uh, a little more player than uh, the Gabriel Rosado. And, you know, I'm sorry. I'd rather watch Clarissa <laughs> no Shields on Friday. That's real talk. Oh, and I'd, I'd, and I'd rather watch Christina Hammer. Hey, speaking of which, Will, I don't know if you've seen this. This is kind of a little bit off subject. But uh, I don't know if you heard of this woman boxer named Michaela Loren. Uh, I believe she's from Norwich. But this bit, I mean, excuse me, I don't want to be like Cam Newton and and get some of the feminists coming at me. Like, hey, I, hey it's funny when you hear a woman talking about routes. But nonetheless, uh, Michaela Loren, a woman from Norwich, um, she was at the weigh-in the other day. I believe her fight actually happened today. Uh, if, if anyone uh, knows about that and how that's going, you could uh, give us a call here at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Uh, but, but however, she was at the weigh-in, and this is not a, a beautiful woman, woman by all stretches of the imagination because I already know how you are, Willa. You're hard to impress by thinking that my, my woman, Christina Hammer, don't have them looks. So uh, Michaela Loren is not going to tickle your fancy by any means necessary, but she's going against a a, a woman I I need to look up. Um, but but nonetheless, she was uh, doing That's the weigh-in the other day. Up. But hey hey, I'm just saying, check it out. She's doing the weigh-in the other day, and these two women are going face to face, looking real hard at each other, and Michaela Loren just goes in and kisses her. She'd done that with Christina Hammer back in uh, 2013, something like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm not mad at seeing some of this stuff like that happen in the women's division. Like, yo, it, I mean, whenever I see two women that are facing off and looking real tough in front of each other, hey, whether it be in boxing or in wrestling, I'm like, you know what would be dope right now? If they just said, let's not fight. Let's just make out. It never happens that way, though. Whenever I see Alexa Bliss going toe-to-toe with Mickey James at TLC, which happened on Sunday, wrestling folks know, that's what I'm looking for. But it don't ever happen that way. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if you heard about it around the web or anything like that, but I thought that was really interesting to see a woman kiss another woman at the weigh-in. Uh, it was against uh, Celicia, wow, I'm going to really butcher this, uh, Berekas. But anyways, yeah, she was uh, throwing some yeah. besos at her at the weigh-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that, uh, but that really didn't stimulate me because it looks like, you know, it might have been some kind of transgender form. So, you know, <laughs> the one chick, she, she looked a little buff. The other chick, I think she was all right, maybe. But I, I, I saw that, and then, you, know, it, uh, you know, that was what it was. I did click. Oh. It did pique my interest. But then when I looked closer, it was like, oh, okay, nah. Oh, oh you, nah. Didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't rush to the cabinet to get the olive oil, a la Patty Cronin, when uh, Carl Frampton uh, fights. 
No, no, the cocoa butter stayed in the stayed in the uh, in the in the cupboard. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. I thought that was funny. I think it's funny when women are in sports because, honestly, if I had a daughter, I would not have her in any kind of combat sport. Sometimes I think that um, I forget the woman's name. There was a a boxer that went to MMA um, this last weekend, I believe. Uh, I forget the woman's name, but, uh, you know, went into the octagon or actually the day before going into the octagon. Very, very, very beautiful blonde white woman looking real nice, little glasses on, looking real cute. And then when I seen the after photo of her, goodness gracious, it was a, a, a bloody mess. I mean, she had got she had got kicked from the shin, shin to the to the nose, and then she got a knee to the nose. And I mean I, uh, to get a shin to the nose and the knee to the nose and end up a bloody mess, like the, the, the before and after pictures really look, they look really ridiculous, man. They look really crazy. So um, to quote Cam Newton, I think it's funny when women, but put this one in, are in combat sports. And, and that's why. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I think it's funny, man. And you know what? I, I'm looking for the photo right now if I could show you, but um, so how do you photo. feel like about this? How do you feel about this uh, this women fighter? It was uh, um, you know uh, smash. Uh, was a uh, uh, Heather. Well, what was her name? Uh, Heather Hardy actually. Heather Hardy got her shit fucked up. Her nose got, I mean, absolutely destroyed. I would hate to be her boyfriend and having this woman come home talking about giving me a kiss with her nose hanging off the side of her face. Uh, uh, Willa. Natasha's not here, so you don't have to act like, oh, I like women fighting, like some people whenever she's around. But how do you feel about this women's fight game? I mean, we got it coming up with uh, Christina Hammer, and it looks like she's building up a fight with Clarissa Shields, which, which hey, I'm not going to lie. This is the first time I've really been hyped about a fight with, with Lady Hammer, my girl, to go against Clarissa Shields, which looks like it's building up for next year. How are you feeling about this women's fight game, man? Hey, man, you know, hey, to each his own, everybody do what they want to do. Like I said, um, like I always said, it's got to be proven. I'm not just, I'm not going to watch every woman fighter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch a lot of women fighters. In fact, I'm only going to watch a few women fighters. And Clarissa Shields is one of them. Like I said uh, earlier, I would rather watch her than watch Gabby Rosado on a Thursday or Friday night. Um, (laughs) Wow. So. You know, so I'm going to watch that, uh, Yeah, the hammer. I'm going to, you know, I'll at least check it out. I might not watch it live, but I'll at least check it out just to see what Clarissa Shields is doing because she has a fan in me. Uh, if uh, Christina Hammer, whatever her name is, wasn't fighting Clarissa Shields, I uh, would definitely not be watching her fight. I'm wrong. Wow. What you what you got to get Christina Hammer, my man? I've I seen your opinion that hasn't changed. I was just about to ask you after – some uh, when she got a little bit of hype with Clarissa Shields' last fight as she was there for the weigh-in during the fight and after and all that good stuff, I feel like she got a lot more exposure. And some more photos have been coming out from her IG, at Lady Hammer, for anybody who's interested. I figured that you would have uh, somewhat came around a little bit 
to what I was talking about because now that she's got the spotlight on her. But then again, who knows? You uh, you ain't really a, a, a friendly judge when it comes to some of these women, Willie. You're a real picky individual, I, would, I must say. Hey, I don't know what happened, man. I just when I when I shot down when I got uh when I finished, I just got shut off. So uh, this time I really didn't hear what the hell you said except cheeky individual. Uh, my phone oh, just shit. went and off. All of, the, yeah. And all of a sudden you're coming in clear too. So uh, I don't know what the hell happened, but it sounds good. But I was saying that um, I figured ever since Christina Hammer got some of this national exposure from the last Carissa Shield fight. Uh, because she was there during the weigh-in, she was there during the fight, looking beautiful as ever. And then during after the fight and all that, you know, leading up the whole build-up and stuff. But however, she went from uh, uh, an astronomical jump as far as hundreds of thousands of followers after she had got that mainstream exposure. And I get it. Maybe you've seen a couple of pictures from her early in the day, like in 2013 when Michaela Loren kissed her, and she looked like she liked it. I think she liked it the way she kind of just backed up a little bit and put her hands on her lips. I think she liked the kiss, so she might be a little bit wild. For anybody out there who's a little close to her, you can let me know at RC Show on Snapchat, at RC underscore Presidente on Instagram, however. But I think that since she got that national exposure, she's been putting out a little bit more pictures of the goods out there, my man. She's got a uh, sports bra sports brawl deal, and really good, in shape, beautiful-looking woman. Uh, I'm not saying she's the best-looking woman, but I'm saying that when it comes to combat sports and you got a woman as much as that got so much notoriety in the other sport, like Ronda Rousey got, everyone thought she was the best thing since cookies and cream. Uh, everyone thought that she was a dime, including you, Willa. I know you liked her, too. So what's up with you and this Christina Hammer stuff, man? Why are you being such a a, a rough judge and being uh, such a critic of this woman? Because last time I had mentioned something on the Facebook page showing the uh, two photos for the for the people to judge upon. You came out with saying, "It's a boy." What's that? Hey, hey, that's what I wanted to say again. Hey, it's a boy, RC. Man. <laughs> I don't like that the little audience hey. that we ain't got clapping. They ain't real, hey. folks. <laughs> hey. hey, man. Hey, I'm a. Yeah, I don't know about. Hey, I don't know about that. Hey, that's just the audience, man. That's a uh, what they call uh, a studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, oh, I looked at it again. I just looked at it again. Christina Hammer. Uh, I don't know. She looks like, you know, maybe I just got to see her live. You know, she's looking crazy right here. It's just not, she's looking like evil, sort of. I don't know. Maybe I just got to see her again. All right, here goes. Nah, yeah, she's looking a little, no disrespect, you know. She she's looks like that might be an Adam's apple. You know. Oh man, <laughs> and the, my, the rough judging. Willa, Willa is Willa is the Simon Simon Crow. What's that dude's name from American Idol? I don't know, but that motherfucker who's always critiquing people to the fullest, to the T. That's what Willa is when it comes to women bosses. You don't like nobody, or even the some of the wives we don't even agree on. You are one of the toughest judges when it comes to women. And look, man, hey. You know, granted, hey, 
Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna keep. You know, I'm that's the same not side saying. You know. Yeah, that's not saying that I'm not. I wouldn't beat. You know. Oh. Or, you know, that's not Ooh. really saying that much. <laughs> that's just saying. That's just saying hey, how I feel on the, on the scale. You know, no, this chick right here, she, yeah, she's Adam's apple, you know, so I can't, I probably wouldn't do that. Wow, much. come on, so, man. My scale, you know, my scale doesn't really mean too much of anything, you know. So, you know, like I said, to this lady, no disrespect, maybe I got to see her live. I'm looking at her all muscled up. She's looking crazy. Oh, yeah, she's looking crazy. Maybe, you know, I don't know. That's just not me, man. But, you know, y'all are, you know. Like uh, Weinstein just showed Weinstein, whatever his name is. Like he just showed you, uh, you West Coasters a little. Y'all are in a little freaky. Show, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. Hey, man, uh, we yeah, in, we're not judging we, we anybody. Ain't in, you, we ain't in Utah. We ain't in Utah. Yeah, I mean, you talking about freaky stuff? That's them crazy ass Mormons over there who got who able to have two wives and shit. Now look, man, I get it. You know, um, maybe me and her probably wouldn't be a power couple. Like Nicki Minaj and Meek Mill was because you know I'm the same size as Floyd, same size as Floyd TBE, and I think she's a bigger individual, probably about five ten, if I had to judge it on a look. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying, for a man your size, Willa, that would look like a, a a woman to you. But for you know, for me, I, I probably have her carrying me around while I'm tweeting on social media. <laughs> hey, most definitely. Hey, usually that's that's how I do like them. Hey, I like me a nice uh, a big Amazon chick, dog. Hey, that's 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 key to life, dog. <laughs> you know, but I like them to look like women, though. You know, big is Man, the only. I can't, <laughs> can't win with you. I can't win with you. All right, well, do me a favor. You told me to look up a host who would teach me how to do a proper intro. I want you to look up on Instagram. Trinity Fatu, because that's a real nice chocolate woman with a whole lot of uh, of a rear view and all that good stuff. So uh, you can check that one out while I end up checking up that host you were telling me about. That'd be our deal for the week where we could uh, follow up on that for next week. Um, but one more thing I want to talk about before we uh, decide to wrap it up and get out of here. If uh, if you're feeling like it's a uh, 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 close to getting wrap up time, I'm just getting started, so it's all good. But uh. Uh, one fight that we really didn't talk about was the uh, Danny Jacobs and I believe the gentleman's name that Seattle Science been raving about was uh, Luisa Reyes, a guy who got kicked off the money team stable for really stepping up to your boy Floyd Willer because Floyd wasn't having some of the stuff that was going on with the doghouse rules that were on display where he got in trouble for having fights going on for like 15, 20, 30 minutes nonstop, no breaks in between, and dudes just beating the shit out of each other. And uh, one thing I like about uh, about Luis Aria's style is not only the charisma that this young man has, but the mannerism of, of him when uh, Floyd decided to let him go from the money team. My man was just having his daughter being born. And for a young fighter to be under the label of the TMT, I'm sure he was getting some nice ducats. You know what I mean? And uh, when Floyd had let him go, I think that he let him go because when that stuff got leaked out to the to the media and it, it, it went out, the Nevada Athletic State Commission had to get involved because you just can't have people fighting for 30 minutes. 
it's not good for longevity and all that good stuff. Um, they decided that they let the, 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 small, the small guys take the end of the stick. You know, Mr. Uh, Rios was really young at the time, still is young. But when Floyd decided to let him go, he decided the best way to go about it was not him making a phone call, not Floyd Mayweather going to him face-to-face like a man, not Floyd Mayweather sending him a text message, not Floyd Mayweather sending him an email, nothing like that, not even a tweet. He couldn't even get in my man's DM. But he decided to let J. Leon Love be the messenger and let him know that you're off the money team. And Luisa Rios obviously was upset, started talking shit about Floyd, and actually went up to Floyd face-to-face like a man would. Floyd is uh, one of the best fighters of all time. I'm not so sure that I'm one of those guys who says TBE like a lot of people do, but I definitely... You just did. Like, I, like I was, I, I was pl- no, I was playing the part like the way his little his surrounding does. That's what I was doing. I was uh, sounding like the guys that hang out behind him. But uh, I think that when I talk about Floyd Mayweather, I say... O-T-B-E-D, one of the best ever defensively. Uh, you know, Parnell Whitaker could take a whole lot of uh, of a saying to that, even his fan base and family and all that stuff, probably make a case for him being O-T-B-E-D. Uh, but nonetheless, this guy has got a lot of charisma. He's got a whole lot to fight for. He don't want Danny Jacobs. To run from him, he said, "Let's go toe to toe," which which favors to his body work that he can do. Really good young fighter, Willie. If you haven't checked him out, you should look into him because this guy brings that dog out of fights. Like I know you like to see. And hey, I'm the biggest Danny Jacobs fan from anybody. I met Danny Jacobs, and he is one of the coolest dudes that I talked to. Really good guy. Um, you know, offered a. Uh, Jack and Coke, if he'd like one before the show started, he said, get at me afterwards because I can't do it on the job. Didn't look for him afterwards, but nonetheless, a really good guy. And I, I don't know how somebody can have anything bad to say about the miracle man, Danny Jacobs. Uh, I know his fight with, I can't remember the gentleman's name. If I would look it up right now, I would, but we ain't fact-checking. Uh, uh, one of his fights he had recently uh, – I was speaking to Sam about it, was that he, uh, when he got knocked down and he knocked old boy down and old boy messed up his leg, his ankle, something like that. I'm sure you boxing heads out there know what I'm saying. I'm thinking off the top right yeah, now. Yeah, that's his name, Danny Jacob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, there you go. That's his name. See, there we go. Uh, he, Danny Jacobs, was, he, he rubbed people the wrong way by celebrating like he had, uh, had uh, you know, an image of looking over a man as he knocked him out like, Similar, similar to Muhammad Ali in the famous picture that we see all over the place when he sings like a butterfly, folks like a bee. That's the only thing I can see where people have certain things bad to say about Danny Jacobs. I'm not one of those guys. I'm a really big fan of Danny Jacobs. Love the guy. I thought he barbecued the ribs of Gennady Golovkin, and I thought that he did enough to win the fight at the end of the day, and I truly believe that. So when it comes to what you see on box rec, I don't give a fuck what it says on there. I think Danny Jacobs won that fight, and that's why it's taken him so long to get a fight. But you got to give hats off to, to, to Arias, uh, Luis Arias. And I think that this kid, look, he might not win this fight, 
but he's going to give it his all in this fight. And I, I don't think that this fight is one to be slept on. I'm going to be a little upset because it's on November 11th, and November 11th, I will be in Miami attending the Miami Hurricanes-Notre Dame game at the U, starting at the same time, uh, looking like it's going to be a primetime game if both teams continue to win throughout the next two weeks. Um, so I got to rely on my boxing fan to keep me updated on it because I want to watch this fight. I really do. Uh, I, it's just bad timing for me. So I'll be able to catch it in the later on afterwards, the next morning probably, because who knows what's going to happen when after Miami beats the shit out of Notre Dame and we get ready to roll into the ACC championship and, and, and run the table as a playoff team. The U is back. But I think that this fight right here, Will, is going to be one of the really good fights to end the year. Uh, probably the best fight before we get Loma and Rigo in December. Uh, I don't know too much about that, man. I'm looking at this guy, uh, Ariza. He's, How do you feel uh, about him stepping to Floyd the way he did, though, like? You know, we all know how good Floyd is. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing taken away, but he's a sucker sometimes. No, yeah, no, that that definitely was, you know, that's not Manny, uh, like, not Manny, but, like, that's not what a man sh- would, should do, especially a boss. Um, you should take care of your own things. But uh, right. at the same time, you know, Italian mob bosses, that's how they would do it. they take somebody else to take care of their dirty work. But, you know, um <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at this guy. I think he's uh, 18 wins, uh, nine by knockout. Um, he's knocking Man, out. Man, scrappy. The are, I mean, the guy that he are knocking out is. I mean, scrappy. Yeah, but Jacobs is is a a a minus fighter. This is just what we like to call a showcase fight. I don't know why y'all are getting hype about it. Maybe it should. Maybe it will be. But what I'm looking at, you know, he's. He's beating guys that are 21 and 10, you know, 33 and 8. He's not knocking out guys 29 and 10. You know, that's who he's fighting. So this is this is a major step up for this guy. Um, and I don't think, you know, I haven't seen him fight. You know, um, he hasn't been on the radar. And I think this is what people call a tune-up. But maybe y'all know something that I don't know. But just looking at his record. No, no, no. Uh, it's not looking like he's doing anything special. But we'll see. No, it's a it's a it's a major step up fight, one hundred percent. But this is the type of shit that movies is made off of. I mean, this ain't like Danny Garcia getting in there with Rod Salka. That's the ultimate movie about Salka, where the you know you could call it the right the lightning rod or whatever you want to call it. It's not that far off. I think that it's a big step up fight, one hundred percent. And Danny Jacobs is a favor. If anybody that you know is uh, a fan. of of a risk, uh, I probably want to put a good amount on them betting on Danny Jacobs. But he is really getting under the skin of Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs is showing up to some of these press conferences, suit and tie, like the good blue-collar fighter that he is. Uh, um, we all know that he, he speaks very eloquent. He's a, a, a really good commentator when he's not fighting. Um, and he's bringing out the Brooklyn in Danny Jacobs because some of these things that he's saying – He's kicking facts, showing where Danny Jacobs got hurt and how he could be exploited in certain situations. And I just think that all this stuff that this guy's doing, you know, you take 
you take mind games with a grain of salt that they are. But when it comes to a guy like Danny Jacobs, I mean, I think Danny Jacobs really wants to hurt this guy really bad going into this fight by the shit talking that he's got going on. And sometimes that's probably not the best thing you want to do going into a fight by trying to knock somebody out so bad. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I hate to bring up the other sport because it's, it's, it's the B side nonetheless. But, um, I mean, you could even look up a, a post that Janelle put up on the Facebook page about how boxing numbers completely shit on UFC numbers. But when it comes to the guy who was – just in the boxing ring, Conor McGregor was in a fight with, uh, what's that guy's name? Scarface, uh, Jose Aldo. He was in a fight with Jose Aldo, who had not lost in nine years, whatever, whatever. One of the toughest guys out there, blah, blah, blah. But the shit talking got my man to try to go in there and knock him out with the first shot he could throw at him. He ended up going to sleep in the first 13 seconds. So the shit talking and the mind games, it can play a part to a certain extent. Now, is it, it, does it play a part to as much as you train, as much as you put in the work, sparring, uh, running, all that, you know, the, the entire pedigree from which you came up from? No, it's not going to level out like that. But if Danny Jacobs tries to go in this fight and knock my man's top off and not use his boxing skills and try to stay in the pocket and go in a phone booth fight with him, I, I don't see that favor in Danny Jacobs in this fight. I really don't, man. And I think it would be foolish for Danny Jacobs to try to go in a fight like that with this young, hungry lion because uh, well, let's call him a cub. He ain't a lion yet. He's still a cub running his mouth. But, I mean, am I just jumping off of a limb right here, Willa? Like, what, what do you think about guys who come into a fight talking shit and, and getting a guy like Danny Jacobs who's a, a, a gentleman, so to speak, when it comes to the whole press conference and all this good stuff, but for him to really get the Brooklyn brought out in him and, 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 you know, he was talking shit. He was saying, you know, my man's came out here in the, the Lego uh, jacket and the, the, you know, knockoff jewelry and all that shit. Danny Jacobs was, uh, uh, let's just say Arias is a thorn in his side right now that he just wants to pull out very quickly. Do you buy into some of this shit-talking, Willa? How do you feel like if you were in the situation of Danny Jacobs? You know you're the better fighter, 100%. But do you want to use your boxing skills and, and just outclass this kid for 12 rounds? Or do you want to shut his mouth, which is also, which is also risky to your own you know, game plan? Well, Danny Jacobs is a sophisticated man. He's battled cancer. Um, Definitely. So I don't think, you know, I don't think that this is going to get too, too much under his skin. But he, if he was worried about the knockouts, um, he should just look at this guy's record. Uh, he's TKOing guys. Uh, guess he got a real, a real knockout against some guy that was eleven and ten, uh, a couple about two years ago. <laughs> so that's a real KO. The rest of these are TKOs. It means he doesn't have one knockout, one one-punch power, so uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, I think that him getting under uh, Jacob's skin is going to, you know, make him probably go to sleep earlier. So sometimes you uh, you got to be careful what you wish for, and this is probably what's going to happen. I know your boy's got you hyped about this, but 
probably just going to be some easy work, something I like to call showcase fight. Hey, hey, hold on, man. He's not my guy. I'm not saying that this can be a, the, the the biggest upset like he's saying it is. I got Jacobs beating the shit out this guy. Possibly eighth-round stoppage, maybe even sixth. I think Jacobs is going to give this guy a whole lot of work. Um, but I'm just saying, when it comes into a fight like this, it's rare that we see fights that go under the radar like this where you get the shit talking that gets people it gets people up and about it a little bit, where you wind up talking about it and, and things like that. Um, I think that this kid is doing a hell of a job promoting himself. Um, you know, he was on This Is 50 talking about his story, if anybody wants to look it up, about what I was talking about from Floyd Mayweather, letting him go uh, from the TMT stable and how that kind of went sideways and it ended up being sour as it is. Um, but, I, I mean, for me, I'm not no sucker. I like to believe that I I, I would rather uh, die on my feet than live on my knees. Shout out to Tupac for that because I like the way that he went out to Floyd and wanted to hit him up like a man and was upset that the fact that Floyd Mayweather had somebody else tell him that he's not welcome in the money team gym anymore. And uh, I just think that's some sucker shit. And when a guy comes out and um, and really, you know, got two feet to the street and wants to get things settled face to face. And, you know, that's mannerism. And I give a lot of respect to my mans for doing that. Uh, maybe he said a, a little bit too much shit to where the bridge is burned. Like uh, if he, let's say, let's say he somehow beats Danny Jacobs. I don't think Floyd Mayweather is going to be hitting him up to come back on the money team logo. Just, be, just by the way things ended with him um, going up to Floyd. So, um, he definitely has a chance to make himself a hot commodity in boxing uh, with the fucking big step-up fight against a, a dangerous man in Danny Jacobs. Um, but, hey, uh, one shot can end it all. Um, and and it's, not, it's not a safe sight when somebody steps in the ring because you don't know if they're going to end up leaving the way they walked in. And anybody's got a chance on any given night. But on this one... I'm not hyped about it as much as you're saying. I think Danny Jacobs is going to get the get the win, but um, I just give my man's a lot of credit for being a, a, a man of his word and a man of uh, face-to-face, handshakes without no contract type of shit. So um, as far as that goes, he's got respect for me. You know, the shit talking about he's been throwing at Danny Jacobs, it's been funny. It's been tongue-in-cheek. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, me, I, I personally enjoy it. I like when people um, – make a name for themselves, and if you have a big stage such as they're going to have in Brooklyn, you might as well talk some shit and make it interesting. And if you could get a guy to fight out of character from your shit talk, you might have a chance to catch him with something that you probably wouldn't have a chance to do if you were going in there um, on some gentleman shit like Anthony Joshua and Vladimir Klitschko were, you know, um, friendly shit and uh, throwing up peace signs at the weigh-in. You're probably going to get what you're going to get regardless of what it's like. And you might get that either way. But when you start shit-talking and getting my man to take his jacket off, talking about, you know, I wanted to come here and be real professional, but this young guy got the Brooklyn coming out of me. I can see that Danny Jacobs is getting a little upset with some of the shit this guy is saying. So he just might want to be careful. You don't ever ever want to find yourself in a trap game. I mean, in college football, we've been seeing that all year long, trap games guys that you should beat the shit out of, but because you want to 
spread it out and pass it a little bit more. Just like, um, you know, an analogy for boxing from what we've seen speaking on football the other day, um, for those who keep an eye on football, the Atlanta Falcons played the New England Patriots yesterday, in which was the rematch from the Super Bowl, where they blew a 28-3 to lead. And it looks like they're still suffering them ghosts from the New England Patriots. Seemed like it's like a fighter getting knocked out by somebody and never recovering. Manny Pacquiao getting knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez. Sure, he won another title, and he won some fights after that, but was he ever the same guy? No. And, and, and the Falcons, they don't look like the same team they were last year with the MVP, Matt Ryan. So you don't ever want to get out of your comfort level and, and have another team dictate the way that you want to do something. I'm saying team speaking on football, but at the end of the day, it's dictating uh, Danny Jacobs to fight a certain way. If he boxes this kid, he's going to box his head off. But if he goes in the phone booth with him, he's leaving the window of opportunity for a lot of danger. Not big danger. But some of that body work that Arias can throw and anything following up top, we've seen Danny Jacobs get dropped. That's whatever. It doesn't mean everything. But you don't ever want to get in the ring with somebody and fight the way that they want you to fight. You want to fight the way you fight. So I hope Danny Jacobs doesn't buy into this bullshit and he continues to uh, run roughhouse in the middleweight division and possibly get a rematch with Gennady Golovkin. Um, I think that he should have got the winner of the fight with him and Canelo, which Golovkin won. Um, and um, he just got to wait. So, you know, you got Demetrius Andrade, you got Big Maul Charlo, and we'll see how things go out. I think that these guys are going to be in a war zone together before Golovkin and Canelo could figure out what the fuck's going on because I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, bubble for Cinco de Mayo, but I will not be in Vegas for that. I learned my lesson by going to Vegas in September when I got drugged and and uh, Wilf knows about that. Things that happen on the strip kind of stay on the strip. So yeah, uh, you just got to be careful. Um, there's a lot of people that give you drinks and you got to make sure you see what they're putting in them before you get them. Um, but, yo, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know how it is, people. Um, I think it's a really good fight, though. I really do. I really do. I think it's going to be one of the slept-on fights that people ain't going to pay attention to, but I'm going to be relying on you to help me out on that, Willow, because, like I said, I'm going to be uh, uh, out of town with the – no, I ain't dry snitching this time. But I will be out of town. You got to keep me up on that one, Willow. Oh, uh, yeah, most definitely. Well, uh, I'll probably check it out, you know, <clears throat> uh, which is probably going to be, uh, you know – uh, Danny uh, Jacobs knockout in the mid rounds, but we're not gonna make our predictions yet. We're not gonna make, you know, but not I'm quite not yet. Not quite yet. One thing I want to talk on before we get up out of here, uh, I know we're running up on our time. Um, one thing I want to talk about is the uh, real quick is the uh, uh, Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fiasco. Seems like. We were supposed to get this fight coming next year 100% with Deontay Wilder fighting Berman Severn instead of Luis Ortiz uh, being an easy win for Deontay Wilder coming up on the 4th of uh, November, I believe, at the Barclay Center. Um, it seems like Anthony Joshua knows he's going to lose 
So he wants to get all these incentives. He wants to try to get some of these things leading towards his direction of the A side. For whatever reason, I don't know because he's still young and and green. Um, he reminds me of uh, uh, Earl Spence of the heavyweight division. Um, he definitely has talent. He definitely has power. He definitely has skills. But his gas tank ain't that big. And when it comes to the brother from Alabama, that right hand always lands. And when it lands, it puts dudes to sleep. You can say whatever you want to say about Deontay Wilder. But, he, okay, I was even saying about the Luis Ortiz fight, like, yo, my, man, my man's had some high blood pressure, whatever, whatever. Like, me and Team Ortiz are cool folks when it comes to my, my sources out and then my yeah, yo. Um, but at the same time, I can't knock Deontay Wilder because he wants to get these big fights happening for the fans. And it seems like every time he wants to put up a big fight, these dudes do the uh, Homer Simpson meme when he walks backwards into the brush and just disappears whenever the, the, the Wada drug testers come by. So I cannot knock him for that. I got to give Deontay Wilder credit because it seems like he wants to prove himself. It seems that he wants to unify the division and he wants to do all this. Plus being American, plus being Alabama, plus being bomb squad. I like the guy. I really do. I just think that he has some wrinkles in his game, much like everyone else. But when it comes to sucker shit, I mean, S-U-C-K-A-S-H-I-T, sucker shit. Like Anthony Joshua talking about it can't be 50-50? You ain't Floyd Mayweather, man. You almost got knocked out by old man Vladimir Klitschko. Got dropped. And you're lucky that Vitaly told him to take the foot off the gas. Well, he probably would have beat your ass, and it would never be Pulev that was set up originally and all that fly shit. So Deontay Wilder, in my opinion, is going to beat the brakes off that UK brother. Willa, what do you think about this sucker shit with, with Joshua talking about, oh, we might not fight in 27 or 2018. We might fight in 2020. And if we do fight, it's not going to be 50-50. I deserve the bigger purse. What is that shit, my man? I know you got something to speak on it because um, if I remember correctly, you're not the most fan-friendly when it comes to UK brothers. Yeah, most definitely. But um, Joshua is a uh, an exception to the norm. Uh, I, I like that young man, um, even though he got uh, almost dropped by an uh, 80-year-old Klitschko. Um, came back. He did what he needed to do. Uh, uh, as far as him and Wilder, I mean, it makes sense. He's making, you know, isn't he over there making? I could be wrong, but I think he's making twenty million, like fifteen, twenty million a fight, right? Especially that last I fight against Klitschko. I believe he made Klitschko. twenty, twenty something with Klitschko. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so he's up there. I don't think Wilder is probably anywhere close to that. So fifty fifty, that's unfair. You know, we we've got to keep it real and we got to keep it uh, you know, we got to keep it one hundred percent on this. Uh, like we always do, keep it uh, uh, consistent. Uh, so, you know, I'm not mad at him for that. Uh, at the twenty twenty nonsense, you know, it, it the guy wants to fight. If he wants if he wants fifty fifty, then you know, hey, you can't do it. Hey, I can understand that move, but 
you know, Wilder, he might need to go ahead and just go and take the 15, the 12 to 15, which is probably his biggest payday. And, uh, you know, you would take that? Wilder, would you take that? If you're, if you're a Deontay Wilder, you'll take the small purse while this, this motherfucker who's only got, like, what, 18 fights under his belt, something like that, you'll let him take the lion's, the lion's share? Uh yeah, we pro- I probably would negotiate if I because I think I could whoop him, and and then that's when the big payday <laughs> comes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got to look at it. You, I, you know, I don't know what I would do. I'm not telling Wilder what he should do. You know, I'm not, I don't know what I would do. But as far as Joshua's side, we've got to be consistent. You know, when Mayweather was saying fifty fifty, we ain't doing that shit, and we understood that. You know what I'm saying? We didn't. We gave. Oh, yeah, we gave Mayweather that love that affects business. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I just made twenty million. Your biggest payday might be, uh, might be three five million. Five or ten. You, might be five. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know. I don't even think it's. Uh, I don't even think it's that much. But you know, yeah, how I can think you you're get, right. You're right on that one. Uh, you know. I, how can you get that much money from me? You know, so that makes sense to me. But 2020, that sounds like he's trying to uh, uh, trying to dodge a little bit, getting that hey, you know. So <laughs> yeah, no, I feel it. I was just wondering. He uh, got a hundred k. He might not even got a million yet. The thing about it all is well, the only know. thing that bothers me. The only thing that bothers me about it is like. Uh, I understand what you're saying. He just made a fucking shitload of money with his fight with uh, Klitschko. You know, he had his whole little uh, diva entrance with the fireworks and the, the AJ lettering that was on fire on his way to the ring. My man's is the Odell Beckham of boxing, whether people want to admit it or not, minus the dancing, but he's a diva nonetheless. I know a diva when I see one. I can smell a diva from a mile away. And, I mean... You got the Calvin Klein look. You're doing Instagram videos with The Rock and Kevin cheating on his baby mama heart. You 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 got the writing on the wall for being a diva. And Deontay Wilder is an Alabama boy, straight straight gutter, knockout, one hitter, quitter. And I like that. I like that from Deontay Wilder. He is the WBC heavyweight champion of the world. And people could say whatever they want to say, but Berman Severn held that strap. And Berman Severn was a tough customer up until Deontay Wilder took him to Jab City, however people want to take it. But Anthony Joshua, he won the strap from, um, I, I don't want to shit on him or nothing like that because Charles Martin is one of my, one of my homies. I keep in touch with him. He's a, he's a cool cat, uh, even though uh, contrary to the belief of him, having a few screws loose on some of the things he's posted. But uh, Charles Martin's a cool cat. I, I, I like the dude. He's a really humble dude. Seems like he's down to earth now. But, but let's be honest, when, when, when uh, the Prince won that fight for that strap that was vacant, he won the fight without landing a punch. My man hurt his leg and was unable to continue. I forget the guy's name off, off top of my head. But, but Charles Martin won the fight without throwing a punch. I mean, without landing a punch. He threw it, but my man fucked his legs up. So um, Joshua's got a paper title of all paper titles because that one was not really anything that was earned. It was something that was given. 
Granted, he put put my man Charles Martin down, and Charles Martin got stopped by the referee, which was probably a little bit early. But nonetheless, I digress. It, it, the way it went down, uh, sometimes it bees that way. As we mentioned earlier in the show, that uh, you got to know what the referee is, and you got to know that uh, they are willing to stop a fight early if need be. Nonetheless, Martin, Anthony Joshua. Charles Martin was done, man. We got to keep it 100. He probably, yeah, he probably was. He probably was. Got to get up at nine point seven five. He was, you know, <laughs> hey. he actually said ten. He was like on his way up. He got to be up by he ten. He didn't really want to. His legs were out pretty good. Yeah, yeah his legs out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he got he got hit pretty good. I remember watching that shit about two o'clock. Like I was like, man, because you know Charles Martin, he got a lot of charisma too. And when he was going into that fight, he was talking a whole lot of shit, like we mentioned earlier about Arias talking shit to Danny Jacobs, but it didn't really bother the UK English muffin eating sucker. So uh, Anthony Joshua, he got that, he gave him that work, like no lies about it. He did good. And uh, even Charles Martin tells me to this day that AJ's a cool guy and, and, you know, he deserved it. So if if it's coming from the horse's mouth, I'll take it for it. Um, However, I just think that he won a title that was not really earned so much, being that it was won by a guy who, who who didn't even land a punch. I think it was two rounds. Whenever I watched that fight, if I'm if I'm miscorrected, somebody could get at me about that. But I think it was two rounds, and, and uh, Charles Martin didn't even land a punch. So um, Joshua, he's got a title. Yes, he did retire the the, the all time great Vladimir Klitschko, but he probably was about to be out of there. He he might. Uh, he might be praying to the queen at night a little bit extra because of the way he won that fight. But nonetheless, I think there's no way in hell Anthony Joshua beats Deontay Wilder. And he knows it. Eddie Hearn knows it. And all those fucking chumps in the UK that give us shit on the Facebook page because we don't eat biscuits and we don't like tea and we don't take fucking uh we don't take anything from a woman as far as being the president and shit like that like the rest of those suckers who also don't have a back pocket for some weird reason like the way we do in the states the way that these guys handle business talking about tickling fancies i ain't tickling no goddamn buddy's fancy and if anybody want to test me i ain't no punk we could go about it 50-50 that's just the way it's got to be. But if, if Joshua's in the business of boxing, which it seems like he's smartening up on, he's a lot more greener or a lot more greener in the ring than he is outside the ring, talking about this not going to be a 50-50 negotiation and it should be less. I don't even know if he wants a 60-40 or if he wants a 70-30. But it can't be that far off when you're talking about Deontay Wilder because my man was trying to get fights with a guy like um, Alexander Povetkin, Tested dirty. Try to get a fight with Luis Ortiz. Quote, unquote, tested dirty. Um, he wants to make these fights happen. And he says that he's the most feared man since Mike Tyson in boxing. And the thing about it is when he says that, when he first said that, I thought he was joking. But it looks like my man is really believing what he's saying because of these fights that he's not getting by guys that might be using PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs for the dummies out there. But I think that 
there's no way in hell that Joshua wins this fight with against Deontay Wilder, and that's why he's prolonging it or trying to prolong it outside of 2018. We cannot give predictions of what we think is going to happen when exactly it's going to happen, say first round, fourth round, eighth round, or if it goes the distance. But I don't care. I think that Deontay Wilder beats Anthony Joshua, and I think Anthony Joshua knows that he holds the L to Deontay Wilder. Well, I'm surprised you're a fan of this guy all of a sudden. He's a UK brother, man. Hey, 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 I'm not against UK brothers. I just I just know what I think about them. Oh, really? You know, that's all it is. So it's like, it's like I just know what I think about them. Everybody can prove themselves. I'm not prejudiced. I'm prejudiced. I'm not racist. I'm not a hateful guy. I'm just going to prejudge you off my conception, right? So I'm just letting people know what my conception <laughs> yeah. is. But like I always say, everybody is prejudiced. Everybody prejudges the next man. Everybody. Uh, but what a good man does is allows allows the next man to prove him wrong, you know. You know, that's what makes you racist. Racist means you're not going to ever do it. If you show me some love, I'm going to show you love no matter what I thought about you at first, right? So AJ has shown 100%. me. AJ has shown me that he's the that he's a young hungry boss out here trying to make it happen, and I appreciate that. So I show love to him. You know, he's making he's trying to make money moves, and I feel him. Uh, waiting until Deontay Wilder is thirty five that doesn't really help, I don't think, because he's getting older, and you know Deontay Wilder hasn't boxed that long. So at thirty five, I think you're still probably. At the end of your prime, you, you're probably, you know, the the you're probably at the end of your prime, but you could still be prime-ish if you're staying in shape uh, at a, as a 35 year old heavyweight. You know, heavyweight you could go a little longer, I think. So, you know, maybe it's, you know, I don't want to see it happen that far, but it probably is. So hopefully, Wilder keeps up knocking these guys out, and Joshua stays undefeated. So, you know, I think he's fighting this week, right? Next week. Uh, what's this weekend? This weekend, oh, this is we got the 30th. He's not fighting next uh, week. 29th. He's coming up. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. He's so definitely he's fighting... coming up. Yeah, okay. I know he's fighting Taco pretty soon here. Uh, I what thought it joke. was. What a joke fight that is. Hey, Talk he just came off the Klitschko fight. Like I always say, man, I, I always keep it consistent in what I say. You fight oh, Mr. a couple consistent. of tough fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, if you fight a couple of tough fights, a couple of tough fights, you can take a showcase, take an easy one, take a, take you know, you know. Uh, when you're in the in the NBA, you're not playing the best team every 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 week, every game. You know, sometimes you get to play the Sacramento's. Uh, you know, sometimes you get to play hey, the Bulls like that. So, um, what are you talking about? We ain't win on that level no more. The Sacramento. Y'all oh, barely yeah. got away with a five-point win the other, uh, a few days ago, which was uh, given to by the referee with the that. NBA officials said that wasn't a foul. So uh, let's just say if the Rockets did win that game, they snuck away by one point, but it was given some free throws on the other end. So that's not a joke. So. <laughs> the, Sac- <laughs> the Sacramento, he said, <laughs> I put the laugh light on, dog. Oh, fault. man. Well, uh, I, okay. I feel like what I you're said, saying about that. I, I feel you. Yeah, but, yeah, so, you know, you know, take your, you know, uh, I don't want to see these guys 
you know, I do want to see them do that. You know, it would be great if he would fight tough fight after tough fight after tough fight after tough fight. But he just got off of his biggest winner's career. Take a break. Showcase what you've got. You know, showcase the cases the belts also. You know, just like the wrestling, you do a Saturday show. You know, do a Saturday show, uh, a house show. Nobody's watching you in there. You just you're just gonna beat the guy and uh, give give the people uh, a little show, a little showcase, get, knock his ass out. So you know, <clears throat> that's what I'm predicting for Joshua. I'm not hating on him. Hopefully, we see this fight sooner than later. Um, but you know, I'm not mad at him. You sound like a businessman who should be given a job right now for one of these promotional companies, Willa. I like the way you're – I understand where you're coming from, and I I see the way of the business. And and anybody who knows me knows that, uh, you know, I like Danny Garcia. I like Miguel Cotto. I I like my latte with a little bit of cream on top. So what? I'm able to do certain things whenever it comes into the hands where I could benefit it to my perspective. So I, I get the business side of it, and I definitely see that. But I just think that Anthony Joshua has got pushed up so quickly in the ranks to where Deontay Wilder then had Betty, as he calls the belt, strapped up for a while now. So um, when it comes to what kind of belt I want in boxing, I'm definitely not looking at that belt Joshua got. I'm looking at that green strap, the WBC, which you got Julio Cesar Chavez on there. You got Muhammad Ali. You got Riddick Bowe, all that stuff. I want that belt. So when it comes to prestige of who's holding the big title, you can't lowball my man Deontay Wilder as much as Anthony Joshua is probably looking at lowballing him with. It better be a 60-40 split. That's the only thing I will accept. If it's anything lower than that, that's a joke. And I know my man don't want this fight. And I know that he want to just keep fighting chumps and keep looking good for the U.K. girls over there, trying to do his little bodybuilding boxing image that he's got flying over from the U.K. That shit don't roll with us over here, my man. We got, we got Noodle Legs Wilder, who I don't think is the best heavyweight in the division, personal opinion, but I think he is one of the strongest fighters or the strongest punchers in boxing in general. Uh, when when that right hand lands from the brother from Alabama, that we all know how that goes. So uh, I think Deontay Wilder is getting shortchanged, which is uh, by the number wise, I get where Anthony Joshua was going with that. But um, I just think that for a fight of this this magnitude, as Roy Jones would say. Um, if fuck going to the UK, Deontay Wilder don't need to go over there. Anybody who's fighting overseas, you know you're getting your record up. You're looking real nice for a certain time, like guys like George Rose. Uh, I won't go on saying Carl Frampton because I respect the man, but when it comes to guys like Ricky Hatton and George Rose and all those guys who, who uh, make a good name for themselves and a good record and establish themselves as uh, top contention, it don't mean shit until you come over to the red, the red, white, and blue with the bald eagle out here in the United States. You got to come to Vegas if you want to be about that money. And I think that that fight deserves to be in Vegas. I've heard Eddie Hearns talking about it being over in the U.K., possibly at the O2, which is a beautiful venue for soccer and shit like that. But I just think when it comes to a fight that big, it's got to be at the T-Mobile Arena or the MGM, 
wherever it be, regardless. I think it's got to be in Vegas. It's a fight that, that fans over here need to see on the according time because Deontay Wilder has got that image of being the biggest American heavyweight knockout artist since Mike Tyson. And Anthony Joshua is, in my opinion, the Odell Beckham of boxing right now. And Odell Beckham, no knock on him. He's a really good receiver, but he a little girl. You see his hair? My man looks ridiculous. Getting tattoos on his ass, hanging out with guys that are with long, crazy blonde hair, chilling with no shirt on, and the other guy that he's kicking it with, taking pictures, biting his lips and shit. I don't know about funny cats like that. And I, I know pretty much everybody I talk to and I keep in contact with, they ain't taking no pictures, biting their lips like some funny shit's going on from the back door. That's just not how I get down and the people I roll with get down. So uh, Anthony Joshua, in my opinion, a really good fighter, a possible A-level fighter. I think he's B-plus at this time right now, and that's being courteous, giving him a B-plus. And honestly, Deontay Wilder might be a B-plus as well. That's why it's such an a, a, a interesting fight that should happen very soon rather than later. And I just think that you're, you're, you're going in there with two lines that's going to prove who's the best when it comes to the cream of the crop of the heavyweight division, which is the best division in boxing by far. It's always been the heavyweight division. Uh, the welterweights put on the show, but we want to see some action, boss. And uh, we get them over here in the heavyweight division. And right now it's been more interesting than it's been in the last 10 years since we had Vladimir Klitschko and, and Vitaly Klitschko uh, having fights with guys like Shannon Briggs. Let's dope champ type shit. So, um, hey, I just wanted to get on that before we had anything else we wanted to say, but um, I think we covered it for this week. I I really came in here uh, fired up. I was upset that um, we didn't get to have the show on our regularly scheduled program going on Sundays, but as I told you before, I had problems with my fantasy football league that really had me upset which I don't understand because I got bona fide ballers who just stunk it up yesterday, and I'm losing to a woman by the name of Boo Boo Kitty. So you understand what kind of mind frame I'm in right now. God damn. <laughs> it's not a good place for RC right now, ladies and gentlemen, but right now I wouldn't be in any other place right now than the outside of the boxing podcast with my main man, Willa. D. Willa Wilson, a.k.a. at Willa the King on social media. You can follow my man, check him out, because he's one of the most colorful characters when it comes to boxing, and he's my tag team champion of the world that I, I run the boxing game with. So um, I, I came in here in a bad mood, Willa, but talking to you, my man, you brought me in a better place, and for that, I thank you. If you got anything that you want to finish up with, uh, let it be known, my man. Oh, no, man, I just want to... Uh give a shout out to all the people out there in Puerto Rico uh you know they're still trying to survive out there shout out to all y'all out there in uh Cali they got uh, wiped out in, out there and that uh those, those fires going on so you know that's it man want to send my love you know out there to everybody and that's pretty much it man good boxing I don't know let me see let me check the schedule quick uh, yeah like I said I think my man uh yeah, yeah. Joshua is fighting uh, next weekend, uh, tack, uh, So that's probably going to be lightweight, uh, easy work. Then some, uh, Friday night fights, Antonio Moran's fighting, 
on a Friday night, yeah, Mexico, yeah, nothing, nothing too major. Nah, nothing too major, man. I, you know what? You give uh, it's real nice of you to give a shout out to the people in Puerto Rico because they are still struggling with nothing there, while Donald Trump continues to travel and play golf and have phony Melania's in interviews with a rubber ass nose and all that funny shit. Um, you know. Puerto Rico is a commonwealth, and and Donald Trump is such a stupid idiot that he's like, I don't know if you people know this or not, but Puerto Rico is surrounded by water, big water, ocean water, like my man's never looked at a fucking map before. I think he thought that Puerto Rico was a part of Mexico, but D. Trump, that's for that's a <laughs> that's another story for another D another day, D. Trizzle. So. Um, Nonetheless, man, um, yeah, the fires that's going on out here in California is crazy. Uh, you know, I'm affected by it out here in the Central California District, which is about three hours away from the Bay Area. But it's still trickling down the twine over here, and we're getting ugly air because of it. And um, I just really want to wish everybody that's involved in that, just like you said, um, I want to wish them the best and hope that they have um, uh, the best in their future endeavors. Because right now, sometimes when you see these videos, it looks like hell on earth, man. And you can't believe the world is in such a place that it's been. But we can, um, we, can, we can say that you can come up from the ashes, just like the Houston Astros, man. Go Astros coming up for this, for this World Series. I'm with them. Houston's strong. And I just want to say before we get out of here, I think it's funny when women want to talk about roots and talk about women boxing not being interesting because you got women like Michaela Loran kissing up on other girls and you got my beautiful woman, Christina Hammer, that's looking good as ever. I don't know what Willa's talking about with It's a Boy or she got the, the, uh, the, 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 the pecker on her nose and all that crazy shit. I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's funny that when women want to come on here and thinking that it's a, 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 a man's sport, which they are involved in, it's kind of weird. Like I have a, a woman crush on a woman from Houston, Texas, actually, Carmen Vargas. She's involved in a tournament that's going on in Chattanooga right now. Very beautiful girl who's doing her thing out there, putting it on them cats. And um, I think that you might be hearing from her later on in the future with the way things are Going right now, you might be seeing what I'm talking about in the future, ladies and gentlemen. Check her out, man. She's doing some real good work. And um, I just want to end this by saying, outside of the boxing podcast, man, sometimes when we come in here with a bad attitude, we could just come out with a really good attitude and, and respect the sport that we love most. And I'm sorry if you guys went to work today and were expecting to hear a show from me and my man, Willa, but sometimes... Shit goes on like I'm losing with my fantasy league and I'm losing my fucking mind because I just don't like to lose to a woman. So uh, that shit just happens. And, um, you know, regardless of what it is, Will is my main guy. We are going to continue doing this week after week after week after week, kicking into the new year. We are bringing back what was, what was depleted, put in the ground, buried six feet deep from something that was uh, OTG or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Something like that. But we still got it kicking out here. We still, we're still kicking out at the 2-3 count. We still have everybody that's involved with it. My man Janelle, uh, everybody that's going on with it. I still get hit up from Nino talking about he wants to join, but he's a little afraid of what Shug's going to be. I tell my man Nino and Patty Cronin this, if you guys are listening, because I, I know you guys listen to the show. 
Lift up your skirts, ladies and gentlemen. Just like Pauli Malignaggi told Conor McGregor, bring your balls, B-A-W-L-S. Bring your balls. You guys need to cut the shit. It's, 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 it's buried. Me and Willa put that motherfucker six feet deep where they ain't kicking out. They ain't John Cena. We are the new regime, and we're going to continuously bring this every week for all you guys. Man, I love everybody who's given the support. Um, if you can, please rate and review. If you got something bad to say about us, put something bad to say about us. I don't care if you got some sideways shit to say. I want to see what anybody's got to say about what kind of content me and Willa are putting out because we're really out here every week trying to give you guys the best of boxing talk that we can give you guys. And really, we're just shooting the shit with you guys like if we're kicking it in a barbershop talking boxing. So uh, speaking from the San Joaquin Valley, you can follow me on on uh, on Snapchat at RC underscore show, on Instagram at RC underscore Presidente. Follow my man, Will of the King. We are here for y'all. If you got anything to say about us, let us know because we're going to keep it continuously moving in the world of boxing. Ellie Fetchback, report on that, you fucking nerd. And we are... Outside of the Boxing Podcast. And we'll see y'all by Sunday. We out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.